Hey, one more thing before you go. This is Over the Teacup Sunday and Oscar Sunday. Diane and I do not want to take up too much of your time today because there's so much more to do for the Oscars, especially if you're a big fan. So we just wanted to say to you, thank you very much for joining us on our special series of exploring the 2023 Oscar-nominated films and the people they were nominated in for the 95th annual Oscars. And we hope that you still have an opportunity to catch up on them before they come out this evening. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Diane. Happy Oscar Sunday. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Hey, Diane. Hello, Michael. It's one of our favorite days of the year, isn't it? Yes, mine too. We were already watching some Oscar coverage, red carpet coverage. Well, champagne carpet, I guess now. Champagne carpet. You know, they never did. Everybody keeps saying they changed it to champagne carpet, but nobody has actually said why did they change it to champagne carpet. They they did. I think you were out of the room. Um, They were talking about it uh, on the news yesterday that they wanted to bring they wanted it to look more um what's the word champagne <laughs> <laughs> you know just like opulence they wanted to bring more opulence into it and they already had the the red drapes all over the place and they wanted to have some sort of a contrast but that made it look um so somebody opulent. decided to get more artistic i, I yeah sure I guess they brought so. a we'll set designer. How- yeah, they brought a set designer in who said, "Oh, this needs to be champagne, champagne." It's kind of, it's kind of weird because I mean, it's been so much, like sixty some odd years that they've had the red carpet, and they still call it on the red carpet or you know live from the red carpet. So they're gonna have to change that, I guess. But I'm, I think they're gonna, I don't know. I, I see that they're gonna probably go back to it next year because they're gonna see how filthy the carpet gets with all those people walking all over it. You can't hide that. You know? And the dirt so, blowing and the wind blowing stuff on it, and they'd be yeah. constantly vacuuming it or, or uh, sweeping it or something. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, everybody off, everybody off the carpet. Got to. I think that weird color red that they used to have for it must have hid, hidden a lot of some of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because, like you said, we've been watching this about one p.m. Eastern time today, uh, which was nine, ten, no, ten, ten o'clock our 10 time. O'clock. Um, it's the time change this morning. So, you know, although Arizona doesn't, we don't change the time, but we change with the times. So we're we're mountain standard time most of the time, two hours behind Um, the East Coast. Now we're three hours behind, which is Mm kind of weird. Anyway, so starting uh, uh, today, like 10 o'clock our time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, um, many of the networks are already carrying some of the... uh, um, the pre-Oscar stuff, the 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 champagne, champagne carpet, uh, the styles, the movies, the you know they're going over everything. So don't miss that if you're a big Oscar fan. We'll just remind you really quick. Don't miss any of that because you get to you get to see all of it. They're doing some clips from some of the stars and where they got started and um, you know things like that, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see some behind the scenes stuff. 
Well, we don't want to take too much of your time up because we'd rather you spend it with the Oscars, but we did want to touch base on a few things. We want to remind you of some of the films and the talent that's being displayed in this year's Oscars. And if you haven't had a chance to catch up on one of them, you missed, you may have that opportunity still to catch one or two of them and or some of the shorts that Diane and I were able to catch up on yesterday. Um, which a couple of them were a little, we'll call them artsy. Yeah, there. One of them for sure was was uh, one of those movies that you kind of go away like. And what was the point? Yeah, what the hell was this doing in an Oscar nominated yeah. category? Well, not yeah. even just the Oscar, just the movie itself. Whether it was nominated or not, I just I didn't understand the, the whole point. But. Well, growing up Catholic, it's called La Pupelle. Pupelle. We probably need to like and say we need to say which which yeah. one we're talking about. Yeah, La Pupelle which is uh, Italian uh, film, and it deals with a bunch of kids, uh, girls, at an all-girls Catholic school uh, in Italy, back way back when. And, uh, uh, I mean, I understand it to a certain perspective. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I, I get growing up Catholic, I recognize a lot of what was in there, but, you know, you can have to make your own decisions on that. You can watch it. What do we watch it on? Uh, I think is that Hulu? Netflix? Might have been on Netflix or or Prime or FX. It was one of those three. Anyway, okay. um, it was interesting, and then um, but again, kind of bizarre. Uh, but growing up Catholic, I recognized some things in there. Like, okay, now I know why they did this. Um, the other movie that uh, the other short that we got to see was an animated short, uh, which. Everybody, close your ears if you have kids. My year of dicks. <laughs> I gave yeah. a pause there to close your ears. <laughs> yeah. But and, it, and it actually, you know, I mean, it could be my year of detectives, my year of PIs. You know, it could be that, but it wasn't. It was what you think. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, it is a 15-year-old's perspective on um, um, coming into womanhood mm -hmm and searching for the right person for that and uh how some of them can be real real most, dicks <laughs> most, most can be. so yeah that was mm -hmm. interesting yeah i i actually i um well we watched as of today we watched four of the short documentaries um it was one of the was, i like two of the four well, I guess I like three of the four, um, but it was it was one of my top two. It was very interesting because the it mm -hmm. it literally combined each segment. It comes in chapters, and each segment came in with some um, actual uh, uh, live action, and then melded into animation. So from that perspective, that was pretty cool because it was the woman they showed her the girl. And she'd open up the chapter with uh, this and this and this, and then she kind of meld into the animation. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, then the rest of it would be the animation and telling the story in the chapters, which I thought was kind of unique from that perspective. And um, but it was kind of cool. I, I like that one as well. Um, and then the, uh, the, the fact that her her dad ends up having the sex talk with her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, every 15, 
every 15 year old girl's nightmare. Well, every, Absolutely. in my opinion, is every dad's nightmare too. As a dad of two young ladies, um, yeah, I think that there's not the father's responsibility uh, unless you're a single parent. It's not really the father's responsibility to talk to young ladies about um, coming of age. No comment. <laughs> uh, now, here, here from my perspective, okay, girls, boys are bad. Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what you told them. That's pretty much what I told them. Uh, boys are bad. Don't touch. Um, no, we have a we have a very honest and open family so we have conversations with our kids and we're able to talk about just about anything and so you know i think that uh, communication is a lost art within families and with that understanding and, and growing up in that environment as well as working in that environment uh, we always made sure to have open communication with our children but anyway yes so we, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had that kind of stuff talk with no the way he put it but the uh, and then we watched it this morning. We got to uh, an opportunity to watch a quick one um, uh, called "Stranger at the Gate," and uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, it's on the YouTube. You can watch it on the New Yorker, the New Yorker magazine uh, YouTube channel, and it is a quick about thirty minutes then, um, and that was pretty good. Uh, I think I enjoyed it. It was uh, a, a documentary, very well done. I think. I think we started knowing parts of it i think we we were remembering that earlier um back on yeah, CBS yeah. sunday morning four or five months ago when they were in the middle of of creating it so mm -hmm. some of it was familiar but uh, it's a really good story so you should try to check that out as well if there's one short documentary you watch it should be stranger at the gate yeah the stranger at the gate was really really good so anyway now that we got that out of the way if you haven't had a chance to see them we saw another one the, oh, what else um, do we see? Elephant Whisper. Oh, Elephant Whisper. Man, I forgot about Elephant Whisper. Um, that's an outstanding documentary, actually. And it's also nominated. It was good. It was really and we're, we're obviously, we're elephant fans. Yeah. So that. that helped. I want a baby elephant, but never good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's really interesting is the fact that these, you know, this that they talk about elephants that were... Um, adopted into uh, live families to help take care of them and raise them because they were orphaned. And the mm -hmm. attachment that the elephants and the people become together and, and how they, um, the elephants are, I don't want to give it all away, but elephants are so intelligent and they're compassionate and, and they are, um, they love the people that they connect to, uh, they're like loyal to. And you get to see this in that in that film. I think it was really, really good. That's my favorite. I think it was definitely my top one of my top three of the four. Yeah. I think um, but uh, you know, the one the one thing I didn't like about it was they didn't wrap something up that happens. They didn't give a reason for it, and it just kind of bugged me. But I agree with that. Um, I agree with that because they talked about it in in the end, and then they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They just said it happened and didn't give an explanation why. Yeah. And which is, you know, that's the only part about it. But other than that, it was done really well, actually. And I think that. Yeah. And if you and if you like elephants, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. And it shows you people still have compassion. Mm -hmm. Which is good. Yeah. So anyway, let's run down. I'm going to run down really quick. 
the nominations. I've got a list of them. So I'm going to try to do them as quick as I can. I'm not going to do every one of them, but I will do the films and the top actors in in, both, in, in each category. Um, so everybody can, you know, take a chance to make a list, you know, copy it. I'll leave it on the, uh, in the show notes if you want to, so you can keep track tonight. Um, mm -hmm. but, and then we'll tell you our favorites before, uh, we, before we leave. So welcome to the 95th annual Oscar nominee list, our little show. Um, I think that, uh, everybody within these shows that we have watched both the movies and the, the films that we have had the opportunity to watch. We got, would you say seven out of 10? Yeah, we got to watch seven out of the 10 nominated. Uh, of the major films. Nominated. Yeah. Yeah. The major films. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, and, and that's better than we normally do in the past. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's start with the films. Oscar nominated for their best picture, all quiet on the Western front with multi Grunet producer, uh, Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, the Banshees yeah. of Inishirin, uh, Graham Broadbent, Pete Serzin, and Martin McDonough are producers on that. It's on HBO Max. Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, uh, Catherine Martin, Gail Berman, Patrick McCormick, and Scheider Weiss are producers on that. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinhardt, they call them the Daniels, uh, and Jonathan Wang, the producers. Top Gun Maverick, uh, which we... We got to see that one, but we didn't get to review it. I may do a personal review on it later because Diane and I have different opinions on Top Gun Maverick, which is okay. Yeah. But it's still a fantastic movie, especially if you're a fan of Top Gun, which is my all-time favorite movie. And uh, mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick, which is icing on top of that cake. <laughs> there, see how they slipped that in there? <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise, yeah. Christopher... Well, What's that? I saw it. I saw how uh, you slipped it in there. Slipped it in there. <laughs> Tom mm -hmm. Cruise, uh, McQuarrie, David Elson, Jerry Bruckheimer are producers. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, Eric Hemmendorf, <laughs> and Philip <laughs> Bovar were producers. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water, James Cameron, and, uh, uh, and a new feature, and John Landau were producers. Uh, the Fablemans, Christy McCosco Krieger, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner were producers on that. Tar, Todd Field, Alexandra Milchen, and Scott Lambert producers on that. Um, and then of course, on each one of those films, uh, real quick, I think that uh, you know we have our favorites in regard to those. Uh, we love everyone that we were able to see. I think we love something about each and every one of them. They are all worthy of, of watching. Of those films there say so each one of us have uh you know, diane and i both have our favorites together we also have favorites uh, separately but uh within those picks diane which one do you think um which one is your favorite and which do you think is going to take the take the best picture um i think um gosh okay this is it's a hard one it's a hard one this year I think everything, everywhere, all at once is going to get it. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites, for sure. Um, first and second is probably, I mean, first and second are very, very close. So it's either Elvis <coughs> and or everything, everywhere, all at once are my favorites. And sometimes one is above the other, just depending on my mood. Um, 
I think everything everywhere is going to take it. I think Elvis could. I think they have a very good shot at it. Um, you know, who knows? Top Gun could be the sleeper. Could be a sleeper. I don't know. Uh, yep, could be I, a and it, I want to make it. I want to make it clear. I did not hate Top Gun Maverick. I just, I'm such a fan of the original. I just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel it really connected to the original. I, oh, I, I don't bad. know. That's just. Me. I just think. And it, I actually, I tried. To, I watched it twice, and I fell asleep in the same spots both times. But so, I, I, I will say that anytime there's any kind of action sequence in any film. I'm having to wake you up. And whether in the, we're in the movie theater, especially when we're in a movie theater, yeah, it'd be like, oh, did theater, you yeah. see that? And I'll look over and you're sound asleep. <laughs> and you know, I, I think why I do that is because I don't like being around that many people at once. It, I think maybe it's a, it's a protective mechanism or something mm -hmm. for me that when I'm starting to get real anxious about being around too many people, I just shut down and so I fall asleep. Well, you do that at home. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you do it. That's going to, no, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. That's the reason. Okay. And at home, it's it's because I'm comfortable. I don't know. We'll 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 go with that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm perplexed about this as well. I think everything, everywhere, all at once is probably going to win. It's won just about every other award yeah. that's been out there. It's won the SAG Awards. It's won the Screen Actor, you know, the Screen Actor Guild Awards. The uh, it has won the Golden Globes. It has won. Um, there's just so many. The Producers okay. Guild. You, you and it, it deserves it. them. And it, it definitely deserves it. The only thing that they didn't get, which I will be adamantly you know, upset about this, is yeah. the fact that uh, they did not get anything for special effects. They didn't and get nominated at all. They didn't get nominated for it. And they should have. We said this in the, inter in the uh, review. You can watch the review on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You can hear it, listen to it on the, the podcast. But I will tell you that in it, You'll find that uh, we talk about the fact that uh, the nine individuals that worked on the FX, the special effects in the movie, uh, are self-taught. And they taught themselves, and you would never know it. They did such a brilliant job of bouncing in, in, in between different dimensions and, you know, everything. They did a fantastic job, an amazing job display of talent in regard to something that they taught themselves over the course of watching YouTube videos and some other things, which is crazy cool. That's insane. It's insane that yeah. they were able to do what they did. But I, I don't know. I think they got snubbed because of the, um, the, the way that they learned and the way that they I, I think you're right. I think, I think, the I think you're right. Now, as much as I love uh, Top Gun Maverick, I don't think it's going to take the the number one slot, but uh, I do believe that it deserves it from from just the icon aspect of the film anyway, and the fact that they didn't throw out a sequel, you know, th within a year of the other release or two years of the other release, they did it what twenty years later, and and they carried uh, it forward in, in my yeah more than that in my opinion very it, well. Wasn't it eighty six? Was the first one? I think so. So that's like. 30, I can't oh, add, 33 what? years, something like that. Wow. Wow. Two years. I don't know. Either well, way. I, great. Yeah, I, but I think they did really well. And I, I'll do I say, I'll do a separate review on that myself. I, I want to do that because I think it's important. But I think that uh, Elvis, 
uh, Buzz Lerman's Elvis is a fantastic, spectacular portrayal uh, of Elvis Presley and uh, that portion of, you know, portions of his life that they included within that. There are some shortcomings within it that we felt that they should have put in there, but we understand why they didn't. Um, so I think that that's a contender uh, um, for the top movie as well. The Fablemans, although it was done in a, in a I mean, it was a great movie. And I think yeah, it was a good, feel good movie. Um, that is actually one of my other favorites. Yeah. I, so I really, really love the Fablemans. I put that up in the top, in my top three. All Quiet on the Western Front, fantastic movie. You, you have to see it to understand what somebody goes through in war and what they went through, what your grandparents and great grandparents went through. You could, and the ones that went to war and the ones that stayed home waiting for those to come home. It is a brilliant portrayal of that and you should you should watch it so it's deserving for the nominations but i don't think it's going to win win the top same thing with tar and um so i don't my top three if any one of those top three win i'm happy and they're they're going to be again your top three are my top three are everything everywhere all at once buzz lerman's elvis Mm -hmm. well top gun of course. Maybe I have top four. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like the Fablemans too for different reasons. Yeah. I, th I think Spielberg yeah. created a, an environment for us to um, really get a better understanding of growing up, where his inspiration came from, how it came about, mm -hmm. and uh, the brilliance of, of his creativity. And he yeah. did it in such a way that uh, I think it presented... And you got, if you haven't had the opportunity, please check out the YouTube video that we did on it, the review. Uh, you'll learn a little bit more about it. We talk a little more in depth about some of his stuff and, you know, give you a, a better idea. So, yeah, that's, that's where I stand. I think everywhere, all at once, is probably going to take it. But it wouldn't hurt my feeling if any of the others did. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate it if, you know, Fableman's won or, or I wouldn't even hate it if Top Gun won, I guess. But, um Elvis, I think it's going to be Elvis or anything, every, every, everything, everywhere, all at once. Everywhere, all at once. God. Um, yeah, I think it'll be them, but they're, you know, they're also good. So. Now, yeah, um, in, in lead actor in a film, some of this, you know, obviously we're going to mention some of the people that are in the, in these movies. We've unfortunately not been able to see, um, Brendan Fraser in the whale um who was nominated but uh if they'd ever stop having you forcing you to buy it for 20 bucks instead of renting it for five or six bucks uh they would have allowed us to kind of check it out i think that they were wrong in that everybody else dropped their prices so you could kind of check it out this one didn't yeah well i'm looking forward to seeing it after the oscars because i'm sure it'll be available everywhere after that i would think so so you ready for the best lead actor list? Yes. Austin Butler and Elvis, Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, uh, Paul Mescal and After Sun, which we, you know, some of these movies we haven't seen because they, we just haven't been able to see those. You know, we yeah. focused primarily on what was um, available to us for the best film. Um mm -hmm. Bill Nighy with Living. Uh, so the After Sun of Living, we didn't get to see, but I know Bill 
Nighy and Paul Mescal are both uh, brilliant actors anyway. Brendan Fraser, uh, we all grew up with Brendan Fraser with all the mummy movies and, you know, um, the one where he's a caveman. Uh, Encino Man. Encino Man. Uh, who, Ki Yu Kwan, is in that with him. And yeah. he's obviously from... Uh, um, didn't... Oh, I guess he didn't, did he? Hmm. It's a Ki Yu Kwan. He was a supporting actor. So anyway, um, although we didn't get to see Palma Scholar, Bill Nighy, or Brendan Fraser in those uh episodes what's your what are your what is your favorite from what we have seen um out of the ones we've seen and that are nominated um it would have to be austin butler for the ones we've seen although mm. even though the movie ugh, the movie affected me for days banshees of Enter sharon i was i was just I don't know. It put me in a weird space for a couple of days, but I have to say Colin Farrell really did break my heart. And I'm like, he, whew, I could feel it. So I would, I think Brendan Fraser's going to win and it's hard for us to judge because we didn't get to see the movie. I would love it if he does. Cause I think that that's a great story. Um, Plus it's his comeback. <laughs> it's his comeback movie. He, he, he stepped away yeah. from Hollywood for so long. This is kind of his yeah. comeback movie. So I would love it. I would love to see him win. But um, I would actually understand if Colin Farrell won. I don't think he's going to, but I would understand yeah. it because he really, boy, he affected me in that movie. Yeah. Um, but Austin Butler, just, I mean, man, did he work. He worked for that. Yeah, he did work for it. Um, and, and I kind of, I mean, I agree with you in all these aspects as well. So uh, it, it's, I do believe Austin Butler did a fantastic job. We talked about that in the interview. I mean, in the uh, review, you know, we've talked about it throughout this. Austin Butler did a, a fantastic job with with Elvis and portraying Elvis and uh, emoting that uh, the the presence of Elvis. I mean, he exuded the presence of Elvis, and um, you know, I think it works. Colin Farrell, um, yeah, he did a he brought us into this individual's life in such a way that um, we both really were very emotional in regard to his character and what he did to this and the way the movie progressed with it. So if Colin Farrell, like you said, if Colin Farrell wins, it wouldn't break my heart either. Um, Brendan Fraser. Um, I'm sorry, isn't Brendan Gleeson also nominated in that? Uh, he's, he's nominated as a, uh, uh, supporting. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't got to supporting yet. I thought they were, I thought they were both support, best supporting. Okay. Uh -uh. So that's best lead actor. Um, Brendan Fraser, if he wins everything that I've seen, all the clips that I've seen, even though I want to see this movie, all the clips that I have seen, he, he does like a fantastic job and he spent like eight hours a day in in you know getting his his uh his makeup and prosthetics on to be able to carry this movie through um again paul and bill we haven't seen your movies so i'm sorry we can't you know speak to that um best lead actress kate blanchett and tar 
which we haven't seen yet, Ana de Armas in Blonde. So although they gave her a Razzie Award for Blonde, uh, don't let that sway you. She did a fantastic job yeah. in Blonde. She, she was amazing. She became Marilyn Monroe. As a fan of Marilyn Monroe, growing up with Marilyn Monroe, mm -hmm. she was Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, she Plain did a fantastic. Talk about working for it again. Um, yeah. You could see the work she put into it. Um, Andrea Risenborough to Leslie, which we haven't seen as well. Uh, Michelle Williams, the Fablemans, who did a fantastic job in regard to that. Uh, actually, she caused Steven Spielberg to cry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think she's got a really good shot at it. I think so too. Actually. Michelle, yo, everything, everywhere, all at once. She, again, you know, she had to learn like nine different roles. I'm not, I mean, it's the same role, but nine different personas. Characters. Characters. For the same role. And it just, mm -hmm. oh, what well, crazy cool. And the fact that yeah, she's. She, <clears throat> I was going to say, she's going, she's going to win it. I, I. There's no doubt in my mind Michelle Yeoh is going to win it. I'm sure she's going to win. And she'll be the first Asian woman to win that. Mm -hmm. Just like she was with yeah, the Golden yeah. Globe and the SAG. I wouldn't hate, <clears throat> really wouldn't hate it at all if Anna Diarmas won, though. I I don't think she, I don't think she's going to, but um, that'd be so, man, that would be that would That'd be, be awesome. great for her, too. Then she can tell the Razzies they can suck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And they gave the whole movie, the whole movie in general, a Razzie too, right? Yeah, they did. And they really, you know, that, to me that I never, I was never really a big fan of Razzies. I think that uh, it's yeah. just a bunch of guys running around saying, we got to do this just so we can meet all these actors and make fun of them. Um, I never, I've never agreed with that. I think that it just, well, if, you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Blonde, see Blonde. See Blonde. It's a really, really good movie. Uh, don't see it with your kids. No, 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 no. Or anyone in mixed company that you don't want to be traumatized because of your watching it together. And, 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 and it's just because there's some reality to the film that uh, she that the film itself and she brings out that uh, you may not want some, certain individuals within your circle to uh, experience, observe, or or have to have to explain to. Yeah. From that perspective. Yeah. And, and also, it can be triggering for some people. It would be. Uh, best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inna Sharon. He did a, an amazing job in this. And uh, makes you, yeah, makes you want to hate him. I don't know that I wanted to hate, I guess in moments I, I wanted to, but I think I just really pitied him. I just felt so bad for him. Well, anyway, it he he's he did a great job. A he really did a great, great job. job. He he brought out an emotion of anger, an emotion of what the hell. Um, he brought you into his world as well, but you think focuses on uh, depression and uh, focuses yeah. on mental health issues, yeah. and he was able to really. uh, portray yeah. that pretty well. Um, again, I. I think in overall, I have to say, I love the movie. I love the two perform. I love him and Colin Farrell's performances more than I think I like the movie, which sounds weird, but, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think he could, I just, yeah, I, I think he probably, I think he could as well. 
Oh, um, wait, no, he's, wait, he's, he's against, uh, he's against everything everywhere. Hugh, Hugh Quan, how do you say his Hugh name? Quan. Hugh Quan. Yeah, I haven't got to that yet, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, Brian Tyree Henry Causeway, which I don't know what Causeway is. I haven't seen anything about that. Judd Hirsch in the Fablemans, and Judd is, how old did we figure out he was the other day? 91? He is 88. 87 or 88. Whatever it is, he looks great for his age. Mm -hmm. He yeah, does a really yes, good job. Really mm -hmm. uh, Barry Keegan, the Banshees of Inishirin, Um, mm -hmm. he himself did a really good job. And again, yeah. showcasing mental illness from yeah. a particular he, perspective. He's, uh, very memorable character in that as well. And Kihu Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which um, I think he did a fantastic job in that. Every one of these individuals, at least from the movies we've seen, all deserve this nomination 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Kihu Kwan, I believe, in my opinion, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I yeah. think that uh, he really, he really, uh, coming from where he has, and if you know his story, he was a child actor, and um, he was riding high, and all of a sudden he reached a certain age, and Hollywood threw him out the door. Um, not because of his talent, but because of his age. And uh, it's kind he of... Couldn't, he couldn't make that transition from child actor to adult actor, which many can't. Many don't. That's a hard, that's a hard transition. So he thought, his, he thought his time was done and over until he got this script for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And um, uh, I think, was it... I think we saw something like on one of the CBS Sunday mornings, I think it might have been, where uh, it was Michelle Yeoh who reached out to him mm. to play that part. I don't remember. I think that's what it was, and and I felt that, uh, and he went, yeah, and he he even his wife, he said, yeah, you got to do this. You just, you just have to do this. Yeah. So, um, yes, I I wouldn't mind if if um, Keegan or Hirsch, although. Considering, and, and I'm going to give it just a little bit away here, but considering what the other nominees brought to the movies, um, I'm a fan of Judd Hirsch. But his his part was not very big in this movie. No, he wasn't in it very much, very long. So. No, Brendan Gleeson, the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, Brian oh. Tyree, Henry, I, I don't know because we haven't seen that one. Barry Keegan, The Banshees. He was in the whole movie. Ki, Ki Hu Kwan, he was in the whole movie. So, you know, any one of those individuals that win, I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah, good with I it. Agree. Mm -hmm. Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which we still have to see. It's on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. We can watch it anytime. Yeah, Hung Child, The Whale. Uh, that's, uh, she plays his uh, burning... Frazier's daughter in this, and they're trying to, mm -hmm. you know, like reconnect. Uh, Harry Condon, the Banshees of Inishirin. Carrie Condon, she pardon me. Carrie Condon, it's a she. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Hsu, yes, Everything Everywhere All at Once. They're up against each other. It's That is really going to be a tough, I mean. It's a tough category. It's a really, really tough category. Um, tough category. I loved, I loved Carrie, Carrie. 
It's so funny. I think I actually loved all of the performances of the movie of Banshees of Inner Sharon more than I liked the movie itself. I don't know how that's possible, but, and it doesn't make sense. But it, Great acting. I, I, they were fantastic. They're really yeah, fantastic. Right. I just, the story was very, very hard to process. Um, but Stephanie Hsu, and as much as I love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I do, I follow her on Facebook. I, I love her. And I wouldn't hate it if she won. But Stephanie Hsu, I mean, she played so many varied characters, a great number of characters, and, a, and very different from, I don't, wow, she was just phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. It, it is, it is, um, I agree with you in all of this. Carrie Condon in The Banshees did a great job. I think that she deserved to win. Um, I know that Angela Bassett is Angela Bassett. And from the clips that I've seen, she's obviously done a wonderful job with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, Hong Chao. seems to be the awesome favorite. Angela Bassett seems to be the awesome favorite. So. She does. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, this year's kind of different. It's going to be. That's, I think, the really yeah. maybe toughest category. But Hung Chao, it's about, from what I've understood and what I've heard, she's done a, she has done an outstanding performance in The Whale. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, as we said earlier, she is Jamie Lee Curtis. And, she was um, awesome, too. She's awesome within it, but I think that uh, Stephanie Hsu did probably, I'm rooting for Stephanie Hsu, to be honest. I think that um, she think probably brought something to that role. Um, and she was throughout the whole movie, so it wasn't just a little bit part kind of a thing. Yeah. So from those perspectives, I, I do think that, uh, or I'm hoping, I think that uh, everything all at once has a chance of taking taking the board. I think they have a chance of coming across with everything. Yeah, yeah, it could be a clean sweep. Yeah, and there's so many other categories on here that we could talk for another 45 minutes, but you know, I don't want to waste everybody's oh, yeah. time today. Um, <laughs> so if you want to go look at the list, that, that'll be attached to the uh, show notes. Uh, both on the YouTube video as well as the uh, episode itself. You'll be able to see things like the best adapted screenplay. You'll see the, um, the uh, which is, includes things like Women Talking, which we're going to still watch. Uh, I found it was available to us to be able to watch, but I, I didn't find that out until uh, late last night. Um, <clears throat> so you're going to find things like that. You're going to find best cinematography, which it, cinematography just to touch on that really quick, the best cinematography, all quiet on the Western front. Um, Bardo, false chronicle of handful of truth. I don't, we haven't seen that Elvis, um, tar empire of the light, the empire of the light and tar. We haven't seen yet. Bardo, false chronicles. We haven't seen that yet, but between Elvis and all quiet on the Western front, I think that, uh, just from, the move, those two movies that we watch, especially All Quiet on the Western Front, the cinematography in that alone uh, yeah. was absolutely immersive. It brought yeah. you into each one of the, the war scenes that you were in. You felt like you were part of it. It was, it was, um, it was hard to watch, and it was very tragic, and you really felt it. And, and I think it was because of the cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography on it was like amazing. Same thing with Elvis. 
I think the Elvis cinematography was great, but mm -hmm. from this list that we have right here, I think that I think it's, uh, gotta be all quiet. it's gotta be all quiet. And you know, in and, and uh, everything everywhere all at once is not in this, and I think it should have been. That's crazy. Yeah, it should have been That's because crazy. of the, the cinematography in it. But out of those, all quiet on the Western Front, absolutely. It needs to win, I think. Um, so, overall, uh, I hope everybody, you know, enjoys their, their Oscar Sunday and that we were able to contribute just a little bit uh, of thinking for you before you go on tonight and uh, maybe provide you with some uh, a guide that you can sit back and watch the movies with and the awards with to see who gets them and who does not. We're rooting for everything, everywhere, all at once. And Elvis and you know, Banshees. I mean, we're rooting for. It's it's like it's like There's a parent. I, yeah. You know, and you've got Go five kids or six kids, and you're kind of going, "Who's my favorite?" Well, <laughs> it's a hard. It's hard this year, and I, maybe it's because we finally have a year where we saw most of the movies, um, so we feel like we have skin in the game or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting night. So. I think so and too. then Jimmy Kimmel hosting. I mean, I love Jimmy Kimmel. I I can't get enough Jimmy Kimmel. This yeah. is his third time. Third time. Third time. Mm -hmm. And and I love the commercial that they were doing with Jimmy Kimmel coming into the Top Gun Command Center. I don't think I saw it. Oh, you didn't see that. It'll re it'll, see it'll it. tell you how good Top Gun Maverick is. They recreated. <laughs> what was Tom Cruise coming into the command center with John Hamm and, and the other guy. Oh, and, oh wait, maybe I did see that. And they were going, okay. So you, you asked, so you asked these people. Yes. Yes. So, so yes. You asked, um, oh, uh, right. it, uh, uh, was it, who did they say they were? Billy Crystal. I think they said Billy Crystal. Yeah. And then, um, and didn't Billy Crystal show up or something in it? No, um, yeah, he does actually. He does show up in it, in in, in portion of it because they cut it down. I hate it when they do that. They get a really good commercial and then they cut part of it off. You know, as time goes by. But talking about like uh, they, it was asking one person about one person. He says, "Oh, we begged him. We just begged him, mm -hmm. and but we're stuck with you." <laughs> it's like, Gee, thanks. <laughs> it's gonna be good. So it's gonna be good. So anyway. Thank you, everybody, for listening today, for watching us today. We really appreciate it, and uh, have a good time at the Oscars tonight. Please don't forget to check out our other episodes on YouTube. Uh, it's at Before You Go Podcast. Um, you can find it on YouTube at, at Before You Go Podcast. And uh, same thing with uh, uh, the uh, episodes that are coming up over the next few weeks. I feel you'll see some new artwork. Just to remind you, that artwork is still us. It, uh, we just decided to kind of... Uh, evolve a little bit with our artwork and cover art and so forth. So please make sure to know that it is still us. And uh, we've got some great guests coming up. And uh, Diane and I are going to have some really great in-depth conversations coming up on Sundays as well. So one more thing before you go. Have a great week. Have a great time tonight. And thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.